Welcome to Nil. My name is Quentin Irie. And I'm James King. And Joseph. Hello, hello. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty good. We're going to we're gonna expand we're gonna expand the podcast by one guest every episode now until we exponentially until we physically cannot bring any more people on the show. It's a little intro guest, you know? Someone have we done this before? Or did we just intend to do it with Joseph before? We, we have it done happen? it before. We have done it before, but there is unfortunately no record of that happening. So uh, to to the world we have never done this before. To uh, the three of us we, yeah. we have and we have indeed done it before. Wait, I we think have? it's kinda of fun, you know, get someone in the beginning, catch up with a former guest. It's it's cool. I dig it. Kind of like a little where are they now? Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. No, it's been like a year since my last one. It's been over a little bit over a year. Yeah. Shoot. Right. Because huh. last time we were talking about COVID and everything with you overseas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In Spain. That was June of 2020. And now it's September of 2021. Yeah. yeah that's mad. So how was your last year, my friend? <laughs> oh, let's think. Uh, yeah, so much has happened, man. I started my senior year. I had the the big deal, junior year, summer internship. I learned a lot about what I don't I like, you know, got more thoroughly confused <laughs> about my life and what I actually like and what I'm going to be doing. Uh, sprinkle a little bit of salt of existential crisis. Oh, one step closer to adulthood. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I chest hair starting to grow. I'm starting to question why I exist anymore. <laughs> so, you know, I think I'm think I'm in the right place at the right time, guys. Yeah. Voice getting a little deeper. Yeah. My voice has dropped, you know. I can sing baritone. <laughs> Let's see what else has happened. I haven't traveled as much. I think I got my wiggles out last year. Uh, but been trying to read oh i'm doing a thesis on restlessness about restlessness in modern society and we're supposed to approach it from one quote-unquote philosophical angle to be honest i don't really know what that means yet which is a really a problem (laughs) because i have to propose like my entire thesis in like two weeks and i literally emailed her i was like I was like, hey, like, I'm I'm lost. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. She's like, no worries. Next Friday, you can meet with me. And that's like the Friday before the Monday that I'm supposed to turn it yeah. in. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll just hang tight and then write an entire proposal in, you know, two days. No worries. I love my life. I'm already like 90% done, but, you know, I just want to double check just to make sure I'm on the right track, you know, because I've been working on this for months. That reminds me of that scene in the office where he's like asking for, he asked Jim for a full rundown or whatever. Can you get that to me? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What the hell is a rundown? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the position I'm in right now. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of fun being a senior on campus. It's kind of strange because, like, I can definitely remember, like, all the other stages of my life that have kind of happened here. And then being like, oh, man. I'm the top dog now. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not the top dog right now. But so it's kind of that contrast internally that you have to deal with. But yeah, yeah. you. This is just a random point. We don't have to get too much into this because I would like to have Joseph back on the queue at some point. It's like a, a like an actual, absolutely like, a real boy, a real guest. Oh um, man, like yes, sir. A full length, uh, a big boy guest, not not on the little stool anymore. You know, exactly. You get to move to the the grown ups table. (laughs) Okay. So, but I was I was just curious because I mean, as someone who I would consider myself to have a fair degree of restlessness, would you think that there is? I mean, maybe you'll have this answer once you're done with the with the paper. Once you understand like what direction you want to take it, but do you think that there is an element of boredom? that is required to be restless because i i find when i'm super busy i don't really have to almost have time to experience any yeah. restlessness. but then 
you know, night comes and I'm alone with my with my thoughts and I'm like, man, you know, this is this sucks. Um, I was curious if you had any. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one thing that so I've been able to read a lot about restlessness in general. The issue with my thesis is like the question and answer that I'm going to take. But a lot of philosophers and a lot of thinkers in general have really harped on this idea of like distraction and restlessness and when we don't have something to distract us from our restlessness. So that's when it comes into play, like when you're alone, when you're just by yourself in your room, like we're reading this guy from like 1560, like Blaise Pascal. And you know, the whole, it's pretty cliche, but like, oh, most people can't stay alone in a room by themselves. Yeah, that was that guy like 500 years ago, you know? And so this concept of like, not knowing what to do and you're just like alone on your phone and if you're James you know looking at TikTok at like you know 10 30 11 at night like yeah that's a lot of people <laughs> and and that's like almost universally kind of accepted so it's it's very relevant and definitely not just because of the phone but I do think there's a lot with the phone too as well but what a strange choice to have to make at the end of the night between all the information in the history of the world and the back of your eyelids you know infinity or oblivion that's insane yeah, a lot of people have really talked about that notion of like, yeah, just not knowing what to do when you're kind of detached and listlessly floating, which honestly is kind of depressing to read right now because, you know, I'm kind of in that stage. And then it's like a negative reinforcement of like reading other people being like, yeah, man, super restless. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll crack <laughs> open another book and it's like, yeah, man, I I really don't know what I'm going to do either. And you're like, damn, nobody knows what they're doing. Frick. You guys so. are supposed to have the answers. You're just reading all <laughs> yeah, these, no. all these, all this wisdom that says, "Hey, buddy, it doesn't get better." <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> and this guy's been dead for 500 years, and you're like, "Ah, nice, right. nice, because he found an answer." We'll just need to knock you down a couple notches on Maslow's hierarchy and make you desperate enough for survival that you don't have time to think about this stuff. Then See, that's what I'm thinking, man. Just need to airdrop myself into some like very desperate bad situation and if i can survive the morning i'll be happy maybe that's what needs to happen maybe we right. do need an apocalypse to be able to like reclaim happiness you know we're too we're too chill you know too many nice things i was uh i was talking to my girlfriend before this and she's like oh i was like oh, i gotta hop on the podcast don't worry you know busy important stuff i gotta do and then she's like oh yeah like, what, what's it about <laughs> and i was like yeah, for, like a solid like 15 seconds and I was like you know like a lot of things you know like love getting fired <laughs> uh life and she's like uh-huh and I'm like well, what's the name of the podcast and I was like yeah, it's called the nil podcast she's like okay that doesn't give me too much and I was like yeah I'm, I'm kind of struggling for the for the elevator pitch here like it's me and two friends just kind of chilling and talking about stuff she's like uh, all right Okay. I was like, it's really good though. Trust me. Really yeah. like top notch quality stuff. That's our whole business model is just confuse people so much that they, you, you just tell them, well, you just have to listen to it to understand it. And then voila, another listener. Just if someone, if someone asks what the podcast is about, just orient it to their pre-existing interests and let them figure it out. We get a download regardless at that point. So you're like, Big That's MMA fan, like, true. oh, MMA podcast. It's good stuff. Commentary all day. It's hilarious. <laughs> Check it out. And, you know, 30 minutes in, they'll realize that you lied, but maybe there's <laughs> one to Unlisten to it. I have something I wanted to mention because it was a random thought I had yesterday. Um, and given Uh-oh. that this is kind of just BSing, I thought I might just bring it up to see. So, you know, right, I'm in this, like, crux of, like, do I want to, like, try to do, like, 
keep studying, you know, is that like law school or like graduate school, I'll probably not have a job afterwards, but like study things that I think right, are interesting right. or like go into like the workforce. And the reason I think I realized that like, I'm so hesitant to just be like, yeah, I want to work in business, you know, is because I feel like so many times there's such an emphasis on things that I struggle to f see as important. And I don't know if this was also shared, like, for example, with like, I've done some of the marketing analytics side of stuff. And just like how you phrase emails, people like bleed themselves over that, right? But like, uh, yeah, yeah. constructed versus created. Oh, that's not the right word. We need to get the right word to be able to. And I just like really struggle to be like, what's the point in all this? And feeling like there's such an emphasis mm. on things. Maybe, yeah, in the long term, get more customers, generate more money, be able to like do more stuff. Yeah. But I just really struggle to see that connection while in like studying and reading stuff like that, it's like, okay, it seems more directly accessible to things which I already know are important about like how I'm going to live, like what I need to think about before I die. I don't know. I just kind of mm. came to me yesterday. No, I mean, I think that's that's very relevant as we're figuring out what we're going to do. And like for me, I thinking about things that I want to do in art, I I it took me years to kind of figure out how I wanted to approach that and I came to the conclusion that I I don't I don't like how capitalism kind of influences the way that art is created, and I don't really want to participate in that. So I ended up coming to kind of a hybrid, bivocational approach where I'm building up my own business, and you know it'll be it'll mean that work kind of dominates my life for the next four years or so. But if I'm successful and I can achieve my goals, then I've created my own funding source. And that allows me to pursue the other things that I want to without worrying about getting grants or how marketable it is or whatever else. I can just do it and not worry about the financial consequences. That sounds like the sweet spot in a lot of ways. Because like when I think about even with research institutes and especially within artists as well, like it's all about the donors. It's all about like, okay, well, how are you going to get more paint, you know, or how are you going to fund the next seminar, you know? And so I think being able, exactly. uh, damn, I do say, you know, a lot after listening to that podcast, James, about where you were noticing that you said, like, you know, like, I just thought about that, too. And just hearing myself, it's driving me <laughs> insane. Anyways, but damn, I almost said it again. Y you get the idea. <laughs> Shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. I agree with you. I agree with you, Q. That, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of had the same same reality shattering idea too about my major because it's kind of like one of those things like, i just pressed through the core you know pressed through the core classes i just i just said you know which was one of my one of my filler words by the way <laughs> got him it's all good it's all good got him but i'm talking really loud in a house with five people so yeah i had that i had that same kind of same kind of impression where it's kind of like get through Get through your course requirements. Get through your. I mean, it's gonna suck, but everybody has got to do it. You got to do your English. You got to do your your intro to philosophy, intro to intro to oh yeah, business, intro to <clears throat> all of that, all that fun stuff. Oh, you yeah. can do it. A lot of it at community college, but it's like you know, once you get to your upperclassmen, your other upperclassmen classes, and your your classes that actually are specialized to your major, it's all different. And I'm I'm there now, and I'm it's not really different so kind of like yeah. kind of in that same manner that you're saying i'm kind of struggling to see the importance of any of this i've in as a kind of an unorthodox college student too i've taken five gap years or whatever it is and i am like yeah i i pretty much already know all this i'm 
I, I don't know what I'm really learning in here. And so it's not, it'd be nice to have the degree, but like I, I still don't have much enjoyment and or learning from even these senior classes. So mm. I don't know. Oh, I, I get that. Reality. I kind of just want to take, take three years off and go travel the world and just forget it. Yes. Anyway. Yes. That's where I'm at. So I relate. It's kind of sad that we're, or at least that we're in a similar boat. I mean, it's like, oh, nice, a, a comforting a companion, but it's also in like a sinking boat, not necessarily, but it kind of feels like that. So it's like, hey, another person, like, yeah, we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. What I really like, actually, Nat sent me this the other day. I don't know the source, but I really like this because I've, I've struggled with this a lot lately. And again, as someone who's admittedly older than most college students, not by a lot, but by enough to make it. It's no, it's it's to me it's noticeable. I don't I think I look young enough to where people probably don't really question it. But Nat sent me yeah. this. It says the title is Age Alignment, and it says you hmm. need to destroy the idea that there's an exception to do things by a certain age. You don't have to be married with kids at thirty. It's okay to not have the job right out of college, or to not have landed your dream job by twenty five. Life is not a race, and don't let society make you feel otherwise. And that was really timely for me because that's something that I've kind of. I kind of have this timetable in my head that I don't really know yeah. where it even came from. Kind of like, Implicit, yeah, I need to have yeah. this lined up by this. And I need, you know, this, I got, if I'm not married by 30, I'm a failure. And, and I, you know, it's all these, all these impositions imposed, I guess by society, but I don't know. To me, I'm kind of like, I don't know. It is, is it, is it really that bad to be in a, in a place where you don't know hundred percent what you're doing? I don't know. No, that's definitely true. In which we feel like if we're not following some like unfully explained script, sometimes we feel like we're kind of that awkward middle schooler on a stage who like forgot their part. You know what I mean? And you're just kind of standing there and you're like, oh, shoot, like, what was the script? What was the script? And everyone's like looking at you like you're an idiot. And then you realize last night nobody gave you a script. And so you're just like, damn, like everybody else is just kind of improvising as well. I was waiting for you to go like a little bit more specific with that. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're like the third build. You're the third build actor in the Wizard of Oz school production in fifth grade. You don't know your lines because your <laughs> professor didn't give you the script. Like, Joseph, is this a? Did this happen to you, or is this just a general example? Is, is this just me? Is this just me? And they're like, Yeah, Joe, I think that specifically might just be you. But good point. <laughs> no, I I like it though. I I think uh, that's kind of what I'm working through. So maybe I'm a few years behind that self-actualization but that's that's kind of where i'm at so anyway hmm. well what i'm hearing here is that we definitely need to have joseph on for yes. a full-length episode heck yes. yeah bring me back wait who's 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 done two has somebody done two already oh good question has anyone come on twice james has nat already beat me nat's been mentioned a lot but i don't think he's yeah i don't think he's actually physically been on the show twice i think you are yeah. The second guest and the first guest to be in the intro. So congratulations. Oh, man. Hey. Hey. <laughs> of 15 listeners. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Wait, are, do we still have listeners in Spain or did that drop off? I think we do. Last time I checked, we, we it's around 2 or 3%, I think, of the total audience. Yeah. Something like that. Interesting. Oh, they are, but they're, they're consistent. The Spaniards get us, you know, even if even if the rest of the world doesn't. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Somebody there understands. Oh, beautiful. Well, thanks for catching up with us, Joseph. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. So I drop off now. Or You have no idea what a pain it was to get that office clip. Now that we cut the dead weight off of our show. Yeah. So we're, we're back. We have a guest in our intro now, which is throwing me off in all kinds of ways. I have beautiful. the topic this month. <laughs> 
And all I have true information so far. No false information detected yet. <laughs> I have three different. Well, that's my insurance information. I have three different thoughts that I wanted to go. My God, if I can find my freaking notes, I have three. Just ideas. read the insurance information. I'm have, curious. Well, it's about the claim where I got rear-ended. Ooh, uh, even more exciting. Which is going to be in the shop for two weeks, I'm told. So I'm going to have to find out if this guy has rental insurance or not. So that's a pain. Okay, I have three ideas, and we'll go through them each in an unannounced order so you will not know what's coming next. Let's freaking go. The general, the general idea in this episode is I wanted to tie up some loose ends. So we have, we have, three, we have two backdoor pilot ideas that come from, I think, our nothing episode. And then we have, well, one of which is our intro-only episode, which is to come maybe one day, but not today. And then there's a third kind of concept that I wanted to talk with you about that we'll maybe talk about today, and we may agree to flesh it out in the future. I haven't decided which might be more beneficial, because I think that the nature of it might lend itself more to we kind of preliminarily discuss it, if that's a word, today. Okay. And then we, we give the audience a chance to kind of consume some media along with us. That's as much information Ooh. as I'll give you now. The first thing, though, I wanted to start us off easy. So in the Nothing episode, we kind of had this backdoor pilot into caffeine. And you had started drinking coffee, which is, again, as long as I've known you, was not a thing that you did. And back in our debate days, that was always my Achilles heels. It was so hard to find. The, <laughs> it was so hard to find coffee at those tournaments. And so actually, what's changed for me, too, is I've actually transitioned off of the insane amount of creamer i used to put in the coffee so pretty much just drink it black now unless it's super bitter but i wanted to talk to you a little bit i want to talk to you a little about coffee nat and i our new show which we have dubbed don't get style of biblioteca which the first episode (laughs) should be out this week uh this sunday we we have a segment called coffee hour we talk about kind of we drink a different coffee each time preferably not something mainstream because that's we don't want to go too basic with it but some some coffee grounds we've done ourselves or prepared ourselves i should cool, cool. get a french press because i feel like that would be really good but all right now i just have oh, a basic french presses basic drip coffee i know there's it's so good i've had I've had it before like <clears throat> with people that have had it and it's it's great and it's not that expensive either those things only cost 50 no. 20 bucks anyway so we have you know a different drink that we drink every time he actually drank tea this last episode which i think is cheating but whatever so I want to talk a little bit about that, kind of see if your journey is taking you any further. I think the last time you drank, you were drinking Folgers or something like that, which I right. I contend is only for 80-year-old men, but you've continued to prove me wrong and uh, see see kind of where we're at. Because I, I had an opportunity to try a bunch of different kinds during during session that were all not on my dime. So I was curious, though, if you had had any, any further epiphanies in your, in your journey. Uh, so yeah, quite a bit of development, actually. Uh, on the the philosophical end, I mean the the reasons that I I made the switch have remained the same. There there's been uh, a nice fluidity, or not the opposite of fluidity, fluidity stability. Uh, there's been a good stability there in just what I what I thought might be a good reason to change was a good reason, and I haven't had any reason to regret my my decision. So I've continued to embrace caffeine and all the benefits that it gives. Um, I have found lately, as I've been getting slowly healthier and healthier, that I've needed it less, which has been nice. 
I honestly just really enjoy coffee, so I'll, I usually have it regardless. But I, I probably about once a week will have a day where I just don't drink any coffee. Um, and it's not ever planned. It's just It just doesn't happen that day. But in terms of the coffee itself, uh, things have evolved quite rapidly. I When we last talked, I was drinking Folgers. Um, and I was kind of, I had taken this approach of just kind of one thing at a time. We already had a Mr. Coffee drip machine at the house. So I was like, I'm just trying coffee the first time. I'm not going to invest any money in this. So I have a Mr. Coffee. Let's just get whatever we can get. And that's how I ended up with the Folgers. And within about uh, a week, maybe even a little bit less than a week, I had acquired a taste for it, even within the first cup. Like by the end of the first cup, I was like, I see why this is enjoyable. I'm not to the point of like loving it necessarily, but I get it. And it's definitely giving me a huge energy boost. So that's great. Do you, uh, to take a quick diversion, do you drink coffee when you go out to restaurants? Is that not, do you not do that? Uh, it depends. Uh, usually I, I really only get coffee at like a, a proper coffee shop or I, I've gotten it at restaurants before, but usually it's like I'm I'm dragging a little bit and I'm at a restaurant, so I'll get whatever coffee they have. But uh, it's not a habit per se. Um, and I I from the beginning knew because I was doing it for energy reasons and because I wanted a healthy alternative to energy drinks, I avoided creamer right out the gate. So I, I've never really had anything but black coffee. Uh, and I, I think that's helped me in that I didn't develop a, a taste for it any other way. So I don't, it's not a habit that I have to break, which is nice. So after our conversation, not even that long after our conversation about Folgers, I was surprised. I was waiting till the end of my tub of Folgers to think about my next steps. But my <laughs> wife decided to surprise me by uh, getting me a French press. Actually, that was around Christmas, I guess. So it wasn't, it was, she told my mother-in-law that I wanted a French press and I got a French ah, press that way. Gotcha. Uh, so I started making coffee with a French press from there, really enjoying it. I was still using Folgers or some other like mainstream pre-ground stuff. And I'm like really getting into it at this point and learning about a lot of stuff that I can't do. And I, you know, if I go into all the details, this will be like an hour rehash of the story. <laughs> but long we story really short. really experimenting here. I progressively got more and more into it to the point that today I will, I'm known to make French press. I have a really nice French press right now that I got for my birthday. This one is like, it's like over a hundred dollars. It's, it's stupidly Jeez. expensive, but what, it, it's so what good. Is in, what is, what could possibly be integral to the French press that would cost that much? That's crazy. It's a, it's a fellow French press. I think they call it uh, the Clara. It's super aesthetically appealing and there's a bunch of engineering and stuff. I don't want to discredit them. It's, it's super well engineered as well. But a big thing for me is it's, it's also very pretty. Well, yeah. You don't, you don't need a hundred dollar French press. Can you put a price tag on, on beauty? Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't need it, but I really wanted it. And so now I have it. Uh, but yeah, I'll make French press. I make pour over. I, I've been grinding my own beans. I got, I spent a a stupid amount of money on a a manual hand grinder with really nice conciliar burrs. I might be saying that word wrong, but whatever. Um, I've been, I, I get my beans from local roasters, like micro roasters. Uh, I, I usually get from a roaster here in town, but I, my last shipment was from Washington. 
But they're not from. I mean, they have to have the beans shipped in from somewhere, right? I mean, Correct. the The roaster yeah. will source the beans, and then they take them, roast them, and then that's where I get them. Uh, I grind my own beans. I I'm making all that all those different kinds of coffee. I've been making espresso, uh, which I love. I I bought myself a another manual espresso machine, so it's it's all lever based, and it's incredible. I love it. And yeah, I ended up putting a lot of money into my my coffee kit to <laughs> get where I am now. So quickly, I know, I know. Like I said, if I was to really break down every level of the process, this would be a long rehash. It already is a little bit long. That's insane. But, yeah, I. But like yeah, that, that's where we are today. Scientists. Yeah, geez, Louise, man, that's insane. I I have not. I just do the I just do the drip coffee. I don't really have the other capabilities, but I I plan to branch out on that soon. I just find it ironic that you started your journey so far behind me and have already so far surpassed <laughs> my own my own capabilities but i'm proud of you man that's good thanks that's good thanks man. you so you mentioned one brand what do you what do you like in terms of i mean where do you do you change it up do you have like a like a go-to <clears throat> brand that you like i really like to try new things um i i really like to support local roasters so in my area there's hunt county uh hunt county coffee is the name of their company. Okay. It's just a guy roasting out of his garage. Gotcha. So he, he sells at farmer's markets now, but initially when I found him on Facebook, I was just going to his garage and buying like bags of beans. <laughs> <laughs> it was really sketchy. The underground um, coffee market. Right, exactly. But yeah, I like I like smaller roasters. I tend to prefer... I, I like a good dark roast or a French roast, but I really prefer medium to light roasts. Same here. So, yeah. And most artisan coffee people, that's all they do. So that's an easy fit for me. Right. If it fits within that, uh, I try to do my best to, to like figure out where the coffee is coming from. Um, if it's fair trade, if they're listing where they're getting their coffee from, all that kind of thing. Uh, try to be as ethical about it as possible. Sure, and, sure. And, you know, if I have to pay a couple extra bucks to do that, then I'm okay with it. You don't want any blood, any blood coffee? That's fair. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sure I've had it, and I know in on some level it's unavoidable, but I really <laughs> do try to, to eliminate that as much as possible. Right, as much as you knowingly can. It's all about that men's exactly. Um Also, hey. I stand corrected. Folgers, well, according to Lux Digital, which do with that what you will, although I think they're pulling this from somewhere the 15 best coffee beans of 2021 one of them is folgers and folgers is listed as the best usa coffee brand which i i am just going to instinctively say no on that i don't i think (laughs) i think best see i I, folgers was what i needed when it was there and i will never knock that but i will say this there was a point uh before i even got super deep into it i was just using my french press at the time and i ran out of beans and I didn't, like, I couldn't get any, I had to get them shipped in because I didn't know about Hunt County Coffee at the time. So I was like, well, crap, I've got this this interim where I want to be drinking coffee. And I hadn't finished my Folgers tin that I was drinking when we last talked. Right. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I like this other stuff better, but I didn't hate the Folgers. Going back to the Folgers after having freshly ground beans, it was disgusting. I could not do it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm spoiled now. I can't go back. I I mean I can't even do Folgers with just having any coffee besides besides that. <laughs> I, I can't go back to Folgers. <laughs> we also we started off session with like three of the huge tubs of just the generic 
original brand or whatever and we got through maybe one Oof. and a half of those and it was just so like every morning and so like in in my head now that's associated with getting up at 5 a.m and driving into an office and sitting at a desk right. and I'm like no even more than i even more than i didn't like it i have i have three or four i was furiously googling this while you were talking i could not remember the effing name to save my life i was thinking all i could remember was blue surf beach it was one of those three words and it's called right. blue island <laughs> so i was I was kind of way off in, in, a, in a sense, <laughs> but it has a little palm tree on it, Blue Island. And I, I think it's from, I think HEB is the main one that sells that, but that was really good. Um, that was one that we had towards the end. It's a medium roast surf city blend, I think. Mm. And that was very good for what it was. Again, I, I feel like I'm inadequate now talking to you, talking to Mr. Goldplate at <laughs> French press, but I, Blue Island was good. There were several, several, um, subcategories of Dunkin' that we had, Dunkin' Donuts, not the, not the original, but just like, there was a hazelnut French vanilla, one other one that was they were phenomenal, really good. I mm. I normally will opt for Dunkin' over Starbucks, which I realize is a, is a controversial opinion, although I feel like Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> is becoming maybe more mainstream. I see that more on TikTok Seems like now. It. But right. yeah, if I'm going, if I'm going to do fast food coffee, I'm going to, I'm going to normally opt for them. McDonald's was surprisingly good. They won best. You know, I as much of a as much of a coffee snob as I've become. If I'm out on the road and I need, I just need a coffee. I'll get a a large black coffee. It's the only thing I get at McDonald's. Yeah, a large black coffee. Zero calories, whatever. It's it's good enough. It's not bitter usually. It's really funny too. You have to also see you as a reasonable snob. Understand that though. I had this one guy. I will never forget this. It irritated (laughs) me so much. Um, I'm gonna not give too much context because I think he might be able to figure out if he listened to this show, which is unlikely, but someone knows him that (laughs) listens to it might know too. So I'm going to not give that much context, but we were in a place where we had been deprived of food and caffeine and good water. And we were, we were in a place to where I think the nearest restaurant would have been 20 or 30 miles away. We were, we had a broken down car. We were waiting for that to be resolved. And there's nothing we could do. The only place was open was a gas station so I go get some coffee and he just looked, I haven't had coffee mm. in 20 hours, 24 hours, whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's, that really sucks. It's not good coffee. And I'm just like, yeah, we're at a gas station in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> of course it's not good coffee. He's like, my God, you have to, you have to take some, you have to take some contextual cues here, dude. Yeah, right, right, so, right. So <laughs> yeah, we're talking in the world. We're just talking about the world of fast food, you know, Duncan, other than that. Yeah. Then we go to, we go to what you're talking about, which is, which is way more hardcore, but I'm going to have to come by. We're going to have to do some, we're going to have to, uh, you have to let me try this. I'm I'm really interested. In, oh, I'm interested in your absolutely, process. man. I think for me, it just it really appealed to my like. I really love working on things that are tactile, like physical, real. Because yeah. so much of my work is is in front of a computer, right? Like it's all digital. I can't. There's, I, I mean, I get some satisfaction out of it, but it's not the same as just like completing yeah. a project from beginning to end. I didn't think about that. That's interesting. So when I got into this, I ended up doing like a ton of reading about the science of it how all this works, like what's the chemistry that's happening. And I just love taking the raw resources using these, like, again, I, I spent probably too much money on this stuff. So using really nice <laughs> tools and creating this thing that is delicious, that I love, that fuels me. It's just, it's a super fulfilling thing for me. Uh, and it keeps me sane throughout my work day. Yeah, that's a, the the tactile aspect is an interesting 
kind of an interesting um, perspective I hadn't thought of. Because, yeah, that makes sense if you're in front of a flat screen all day. Right. It's one of the reasons why I went manual with so much stuff. Beyond the fact that you can get a lot nicer equipment for cheaper if you don't need to pay for motors and crap to go right. along with it. Right. Um, there was that aspect to it, I won't lie. You know, saving a little bit of money is nice when you're talking about the, the level of stuff that I'm purchasing here. Sure. But in addition to that, uh, just... Grinding the beans by hand is a super satisfying experience. Or pulling a shot Never of espresso where, like, I'm manually bringing down all nine bars of pressure. Uh, it's great. I, I'm very curious, and I will plan over December to come see you guys. And I will... Heck yeah, dude. I will expect nothing more than the, the best coffee I've ever tasted in my entire 24 <laughs> years. I will try. I will try. All right, Walter White. Let's um, let's move to music here. So this is the second loose end I want to tie up here. So I guess we could have tied up loose ends before we did season two, but whatever, we'll do it early. So <laughs> this one was a backdoor that we also talked about, I think, in the same episode in the in the story, the Chronicles of Nat and I's Jeep Adventures, and that was hey. David Bowie, because David Bowie was was someone that mm. you had ascribed a great deal of inspiration to, and it was someone that that Nat really enjoys too. I know listening to a lot of his stuff. I think he listened, it was either you or him that listened to his discography in uh, a couple of days or something crazy. It was a couple of weeks. That was me. Yeah. Okay. Or it was you. So I'm just curious to hear more about that, I guess, because music's one, one area, one arena that I think has influenced us both very much. Me playing it for 12 years, you listening to everything under the sun and so, <laughs> and we can push this one to, to maybe a future episode too, because I know you weren't super prepared to talk about it, but really I just, I was either hoping A, to get some sort of structured approach to the future of us talking about this maybe, or talking about it today. The second part of this, and you can think about that too, um, while you're considering that first question, is what the second point, actually the third, is that I wanted to review some sort of media again. Because I, I think back to our first five episodes, maybe this is this was pretty early on. We had a, yeah. a part one and part two to, to TV series. Well, for me, a TV series, for you, a movie, both that it impacted our lives or, or, or changed some way we thought about something pretty significantly. And that those right. both did very well, as I recall, on the insights. So I was thinking what we could do is maybe pick you and I pick each uh, one of us pick our own either film, TV series, whatever that is maybe had that we've thought about a lot in the past year because there's been a lot of time to consume media <laughs> being being as things have slowed down a lot in terms of our ability to move. And so I thought maybe we could look back 2020, 2021, pick one each or two each or something and, and review those. But what I, why I want to talk about today is because I want time for our audience to also have time to review those pieces if we, if we do want to do that. Uh, so for the first thing, the David Bowie thing was great. I don't remember if when we had that conversation, if I was in the middle of binging his discography or if I had finished. But one way or another, I've finished now. And... Uh, it's something that I, I've done a few other times since then with various artists. And I, I, none of them have quite the discography that David Bowie does. Uh, so they, they weren't quite as intense to pull off. A lot of times it'll be like a day or two that I'm binging a discography. I think the thing that I really like about binging someone's discography is just kind of 
fully immersing myself into someone's body of work is a really satisfying experience. Uh, immersing right. myself in the way that they approach their music, in what they have to say if they're a, a singer-songwriter, uh, and just like really seeing the progression. It feels like getting to know a person uh, in a kind of abstract way. My my latest obsession, it's been my obsession for a long time, but it's been it's really dominated my listening lately, has been jazz. And I've been listening to a lot of Japanese jazz and just binging Japanese artists jazz. through that. And there's, I don't know, it, it really does feel like getting to know someone. It feels like art to me is very sacramental. It's very sacred. And uh, binging a discography like that is a part of it. It's it, there's a real human connection there that's really powerful and something that I crave. So I assume the development of Japanese jazz is very. I don't know anything about that. Is that different from I guess how it happened in America? I mean, this isn't something that started in the in the 30s, 40s. Well, Japan has a separate history with jazz, starting in the 20s with the rise of cosmopolitanism. Ocean luxury liners brought bands and culture from all over the world into the ports of Japan introducing the nation to jazzu, which became even more predominant with the invention of recording. Records were imported to jazz cafes and dance halls, making sure those without much money could still enjoy this new medium. I knew nothing about that, so that's pretty cool. It is very cool and very good. I was, I was listening to a lot of that um, for like weeks. And I've recently started incorporating more American jazz again. I, I've been binging a lot of Herbie Hancock lately, because uh, you can't you can't go wrong there. I've been weirdly like just uh, obsessed might be too strong a word, but if it's not obsessed, it's almost obsessed with the very specific niche of uh, what's what's the right way to express this, um, like jazz that's specifically influenced in one form or another by afrofuturism no no idea yeah exactly like i know that doesn't really tell you much but that's probably the most (laughs) the most specific terminology i could put on it uh and it's it's great stuff herbie hancock has an album along that way along those lines that's great um there's some flying lotus in there that's great i love flying lotus as a more contemporary name uh but yeah just exploring all that this is kind of a rambly answer to your initial question but there it is. No, I'm still, I'm still, I'm tracking with you. I, I, I think it's really interesting, especially how quarantine, how COVID has affected kind of probably both of our different tastes and what we go and listen to. I haven't been to a concert now and well, actually I did, did go to Blues on the Green in Austin that was outdoor and that was not great really. Oh no. It was, it was too far back. It was too far back from the from the stage to really enjoy it and just being a bunch of us sitting out in a circle and right. a bunch of them drinking hard seltzers and talking about work and I was just like, yeah, it's not, uh, I'm not vibing with it. So, and then I had to go to a concert as required for my music appreciation class, which again, Those I'm so mad the that they made me take that because I'm like, I guess 12 years of class, your 10 years of classical training wasn't enough appreciation. You were going to make me take this stupid right. class. Frankly, you don't appreciate so, music enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> so I had to go to, we had to get 10 points worth of music, of live performances. So uh, each concert is worth either two or three points. I have one I have to go to, or in the next couple of weeks, I have to go to one of them. It's like a Thursday night jazz performance, actually, in Raleigh, which should, might be interesting. Yeah. So that's 
that's that should be kind of cool. It's like an outdoor jazz free show. We have to kind of oh. we don't have to write reports or anything. We just have to prove that we were there. So that's kind of cool. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to that. That to be honest. So it kind of in much the same way as this show forces us to be deliberate with with observations and with a with a project. Right. And the this new show with Nat now forces me to read, which as hey. you know is not something that I would voluntarily do. <laughs> so I like I mean I like that. And this in this class for, for what it's worth is forcing me to go out and, and kind of check out the the community events and stuff in a way that I, I wouldn't. So I have to be thankful for that. Absolutely. So anyway, I just think it's interesting though how that's how this whole thing has affected my, my music listening. It's it's hard for me to really say the effect that it's had. I think uh, I was talking to another friend about this, specifically as it regards film. Um, I, I think I, I was already more inclined to seek out a lot of more classic material as opposed to newer stuff. And for film, 2020 really just put me full head on into a focus on classics as opposed to contemporary film. And by contemporary, I really just mean like literally that year. After that, it can yeah. enter into an area of, you know, critical acclaim that would put it on my radar. But, sure. uh, and you know, this year, now that films are coming out more frequently, there's still definitely films on my radar. I've seen a, a, a few really great films in the theater this year. Uh, but I still have that focus. And I think that's the, the intensity with which I approach these things was probably already there. But 2020 definitely gave me more time. And I have not had a reason to stop devoting that amount of time to the art that I really love. Um, right. It's just more fulfilling than a lot of the crap that I filled that with before. Right, right. So yeah, so point two, a media review. I think it would be appropriate because we've already done a, a film slash TV show version mm -hmm. of this segment. I love the idea of bringing it back. Uh, what do you think of doing an album each? Are you talking about music? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's that could be worthwhile. Yeah. Because spoiler alert, I know exactly what album I'm gonna pick. Yeah, is it gonna be something I've never heard of? Probably. I mean, I have no idea what you have and have not heard of. But <laughs> this, if you if you can listen to this album without bawling your eyes out, then you're not Ooh. you're not there. And I almost, I would love to talk. Part about of me almost wants each of us to pick one for the other person, but I feel like that maybe we'll do that another time. I think. I mean, isn't good. that what so we're I, I, what we're in effect doing? Like, we pick an album, the other person has to listen to it, and we'll talk about it. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so okay, yeah, I kind of almost want to do something that's like pop culturally relevant, but I don't, but not like Olivia Rodrigo, like not that far. I need to listen to Olivia so, Rodrigo because she's such a big deal now, but I I haven't done it yet. Maybe I will do that. I don't know if I can bring myself to. I don't know if I can bring myself to do it. Is she? Have you listened to her? I mean, I've heard I've heard a couple of different songs. I, I think. Actually, no, that might be interesting because there's been a lot of claims recently that she's ripped off a lot of what she put in there, even though she just received an award, I think, at um, the, MB, the MTV Awards. Ah. She got some big thing at MTV. So, and then the people are, which, you know, every, I feel like every time someone gets big like that, there's always kind of someone nipping at the, oh, <laughs> you, you took that from me, you know, right, I, right, so right. I, I mean, who knows, but it could be an interesting investigation and it, it could, it could have us kind of look into that so that could be our way of unironically listening to uh olivia <laughs> i mean i have intended to so i would be down here's the the question 
do when do you want to do that do you want to, are you wanting to do it like next are you wanting to uh, just push it down the road what are your thoughts i mean we just need some time to listen to it i feel like it's not that i mean i don't know what your album is but i feel like it would only take us a couple hours between us to listen to it i feel like we could pretty safely do it by because this is going to air september or this is going to air october rather so we have a month and a half to or well a month to 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 listen to that and and digest and then record and we would still be well within two weeks to edit so do you want to do do you want to do two episodes like we did last time one episode for each album or two albums Ooh, one episode question too i feel like we split them out cool i feel like we do one each so we, and we can start with my album since this week was your topic or this month i'm sorry i'm talking like you now well, tell us what you want to what you want to review because I we need our list our listeners have right. to have to be along for the ride with this. Yeah, this is important now because this is in addition to being homework for James. If you want to be fully informed as a listener, this is homework for you at home. Uh, the album that I'm picking is "A Crow Looked at Me" by Mount Erie. It's an incredible album. Like I said, you're gonna cry. Just I want you to brace yourself for it. Now it's okay to cry don't no no reason to feel shame about it instead of trying to describe to you what a crow looked at me is because i'm gonna get caught up in like the emotions around it i'm gonna give you the facts and uh just let you experience it for yourself and we can talk more about it as we as we get into the conversation in the next episode uh this is just the first paragraph from the wikipedia page about the album a Crow Looked at Me is the eighth studio album by Mount Erie, a solo project of the American musician Phil Elverum. Released in 2017, it was composed in the aftermath of his 35-year-old wife. She has a really hard name, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, it was in the aftermath of his wife's diagnosis with pancreatic cancer in 2015 and her death in July 2016. He wrote and recorded the songs over a six-week period in the room where she died, mostly using her instruments. His sparse lyrics and minimalistic musical accompaniment drew influence from a broad range of artists, and it lists some of the influences. Dude, I dude, no, it's I think it's pancreatic cancer that like no, I don't think anyone. I think it's very, very, very rare that people yeah. survive that for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Two, okay, yeah, two percent, seven percent. Of people with pancreatic cancer are alive after five years and after 10, 2%. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, that's brutal though, dude. Holy cow. If you want one more level of brutality to it, uh, that's not mentioned in that paragraph, they have a daughter together. So she factors a lot into the whole the whole thing. Okay. So yeah, I feel like this is going to be, so we're going to go from that to <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. So that's like... <laughs> I think that's actually good. We have something to bring us back. So we'll probably, yeah, it's probably better we're doing yours first so we can end on a, well, her album is called Sour, so maybe it's not that much. I guess happy, we'll see. At least it won't be cancer. Goodness gracious. Okay. Well, I'm excited <laughs> in a morbid sort of way. Should be I feel like that's the perfect spot for us to leave off. The artist exists because the world is not perfect. Art would be useless if the world were perfect, as man wouldn't look for harmony but would simply live in it. Art is born out of an ill-designed world. Go check out Don't Do Style of Biblioteca. It will be, I don't know, maybe it'll be in the show notes if, if Q and all his infinite wisdom decides to put it there. And if anyone else would like to start a podcast with me, you should go ahead and get get in line uh, because I will soon be running out of, of time. Are you already starting so. to think about a third podcast? No, no, I'm not. I'm 
probably three would tap me out completely. So if you if you want to do that, you should speak now and maybe offer me some money, you know, before I get too big here. So just just something to put Definitely. on your radar, something to thinking about. So yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Uh, I mean, we're not. I was. I'm not even gonna say social media anymore. I don't think any of us are doing anything hey. on social media. So call us on our cell phones. And that's the best way to get. You know, we probably actually could put together a show phone number where people could call and or text us. We should look into that. that. Kind of remain anonymous and stuff. That would be cool. That'd be cool. I bet that's pretty easy. I I will put it on my to do list and get back to you when I know more. I think that's it. Yeah, I I can't think of anything else. Beautiful. Thanks to Joseph for showing up. Thank you all for listening, as always, to this show with its ever-evolving and hard-to-describe <laughs> identity. We appreciate your presence, uh, and we look forward to the discussion next month. Uh, make sure to listen to A Crow Looked at Me by Mount Erie if you want to be a little more informed about our conversation then. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. I, I wouldn't fault anyone for not wanting to listen to it, but uh, I think... I think you'll find it rewarding. And with that said, we'll see you next month. Good night, Joseph. Good night, Joseph. Ah, (laughs) I was so close. This concludes our broadcast day. Good night, and God bless America.